and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and this is episode number 42 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the best area music at Walt Disney World, whether we're talking about the background music at the parks, the music you experience in the lobbies of the resorts, or the cue music that you hear while waiting in line for one of the attractions. No matter which of those we discuss, every piece of area music helps to set the theme, the mood for the experience at Walt Disney World. And as you'll hear, plays a very major role in helping to build that experience course at the end of the show i'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the imagineer podcast on all of our social media channels and how you can help to create and inspire the future of this show so grab some headphones pull up your favorite armchair and enjoy this episode of the imagineer podcast absolutely love about going to Disney that does make it a really amazing experience is the music. So if you go to Walt Disney World, part of the experience, of course, is enjoying the attractions. It's enjoying your friends and family and anyone that you're with. It's the smells. There's a lot that goes into it. But one of the areas of Imagineering that I find they put a lot of detail into is the area music to make it feel like you really are immersed into that experience that they're trying to set for you. So today we're going to talk about the top 10 area music loops at Walt Disney World. And I brought onto the show who I think are two people extremely qualified to talk about this. One is bringing back Mike onto the show. So welcome back, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. And I don't think we talked about this before, but you're qualified because you actually run a record label. I do. (laughs) (laughs) So you know good music when you hear it. So yeah, I kind of know a little bit about music. Just a little bit. that's, That's very true. And I also brought a new guest onto the show who is uh, an avid listener, so I'm I'm very appreciative of that, but I wanted to welcome Anthony to the show, so welcome, Anthony. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. And because you're new to the show, I, of course, have to ask you those typical questions. And I am prepared. I know. You told me you were. I am prepared. Most of the time, not everybody is, so (laughs) just... Did my homework. You did your homework? Uh, Let's start with your favorite park, then. What's your favorite park? Hands down, Epcot. Everybody says Epcot, except for a couple of people. No, but you will be happy about this. I think right now my number two is Animal Kingdom. Oh, good. And that, that moved up. It used to be Magic Kingdom, but I think I like Animal Kingdom a little bit better Not now. to spoil it, but does the music contribute to that at all? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. There's you know, a I lot of factors. Talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, great. I mean, everybody loves Epcot. Do you have a favorite uh, pavilion at Epcot? Because there are so many between Future World or World Showcase, like a place uh, you gravitate towards at Epcot. It's tough because I enjoy thoroughly uh, the, the, the World Showcase. Yeah. Uh, if, if I were to pick a, a segment of the future world aspect, it would be the land. I love the land. That's my favorite pavilion there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Soren is obvious. I love the eatery there. 
Yep. But I love living with the land. That's like one of my favorite rides. It just happens to be. I posted about it the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was actually the first. Well, I just went to Disney World not too long ago, and that was the very first attraction that we did. Yep. It was so nice and relaxing, and we just got off the plane, too. So it's just kind of just chill and just enjoy it. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's such an underrated attraction, too. Truly but is. Surprisingly, lately, not to get too off topic, it's been getting pretty long waits. Every yeah. time I go, I see it's a solid... 15 minute wait, which for most attractions, it's low, but living at the land used to be able to walk on. So yep. it's, it's getting its like resurrection or it's, re- you know, it's renaissance back. <laughs> and anything, any, anytime it's over five minutes, I just wait until later on the day and then it'll, and it's drop gonna down. Calm down. it'll just come down back to five at some point. Yeah. Um, okay. So Epcot's your favorite. It's land potentially, but you love the world showcase. What about your favorite attraction at Disney? I'd have to go to Magic Kingdom. And it's a tie because, and, I, and the way I rate this is because every time I go, I have to go to these two rides in particular before I leave. Otherwise, it, it would be a miserable Disney trip, believe it or not. Uh, I love Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. Both great classics. Though I, you know what it is? I'm, that's me, I'm classic. So I like the classic rides. So that happens to be my favorite. Awesome. Uh, what about your favorite Disney movie? That's tougher, but I would have to say Lion King. Nice choice. And this is the hardest one. Favorite Disney character? Mickey. Oh, easy. No, Same with it, me. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it seems like it's the stereotypical answer, but I am Mickey is my guy, man. Not everybody says that. That's, that's the answer I always give, though. Um, I'm going to throw a new one in there for you because you were prepared. Do you have a favorite Disney resort? It's become Animal Kingdom Lodge. I love that. So I have, uh, we're, I'm DVC, and so I've had the opportunity of going to uh, the DVC resorts and kind of growing up into that. And uh, although I've never stayed at the Grand Floridian, I've had opportunities to dine there and, and, and hang out there. And Polynesian has always been great, and I love the Polynesian. But ever since uh, my daughter was born, we took her for the first time. We actually went to the Bay Lake Tower. And then the second time, which was this last summer, we took an Animal Kingdom. And she was completely infatuated with the animals and just the experience altogether with her being there going to the 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 balcony in the morning and oh daddy it's a giraffe it's this it's that and the other thing it it added to the experience so i would have to say and we're returning actually this end of july we're going to go to the animal kingdom um and uh i'm looking forward to it so it's kind of becoming one of my favorite resorts to go back to i love that it's it's definitely my favorite resort too um it's always a tie between Animal Kingdom Lodge and Boardwalk for me, depending yeah. on the mood I'm in. Yeah. But Animal Kingdom Lodge is fantastic. I still like contemporary. Contemporary, a lot of people love the contemporary. You know, I've never stayed at, I've been, but I've never stayed at the contemporary. And I have to say, I don't know if this makes me any less of a Disney person. I've never had the urge to stay at the contemporary. But Bay Lake was terrific I mean, and newer, but. I stayed once at the contemporary. I have to say, it, it was okay. It was one of those places where I, I liked. The actual stay itself, I thought, was okay, but the fact that the monorail goes through it to me it as a kid, cool. yeah. it was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And yeah. even when I got older, the convenience of now going onto the con- monorail or just walking yep. to Magic Kingdom, to me, is just great. You know, if you want by midday, just want to go and relax for a little bit, you just take a, you know, just walk out of the park, go take a nap, and then go back there later on in the day. That's totally possible at the Contemporary. You, yeah, know what it is. Is, you know what it is about me? I think, and, I, and we've had this discussion, I think that kind of was where this particular theme was bred out of, is that I, I take in a lot of the ambiance as part of my experience going to Disney. Not to say there is an ambiance at, at the Contemporary, which there is, but I have always, in terms of that loop, 
I've always been inclined, and maybe it's just because I love Polynesia and French Polynesia and Hawaii. I, I love that ambiance that you get going to the Polynesian, um, the decor, the ambiance you get going to the Grand Floridian. So it always, in contrast, if I had to choose between the three or now four, I would always err because of the other factors and uh, what you can get with the live music going on at Grand Floridian. I happen to know some of those musicians, so it always was very captivating. So that's what drew me there. So, but you know, any of those hotels, I mean, it's Disney, right? Right. You can't, yeah, you can't go wrong. You can't, <laughs> you can't complain. Can't go wrong. You really can't. You really can't. Um, so thinking about the top 10 area music loops, we have not discussed these in advance, which always makes the conversation much more fun. Although I think I know one of Mike's and one of Anthony's. Neither of you know any of mine, though. <laughs> so you'll find out or what mine we? are. Uh, you probably do. I have them in front of me. So let's start actually with Anthony. What would be, and we don't have to go in any particular order. If you have a list of 10 to 1 prepared, then great. If not, I kind of go by the fly. So what would be the first of the 10 that you would select? Hands down, Epcot, entrance music Ooh, in particular. I love the entrance music. Um, when I compiled this list, and, and I actually I broadened it to be uh, also um, themes that were related to particular rides, but but this particular area music is something that I would probably have on my playlist like every other song. I, I have been almost listening to this every day going to work. It's pretty, I'm pretty maniacal about it. But within the Epcot entrance loop, I had, I was so crazy to actually list all the actual The songs that are in songs. it? Can I list them? Yeah, go for it. But um, I, I'm, my favorite hands down attraction theme which is in that loop is uh, part of Spaceship Earth. I love Spaceship Earth. Oh, yeah, they have the, a great the, theme. The 2008 version. Yeah, I happen to really like uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure. Yeah, which is no longer. I hope I know, they keep it there. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Uh, Figment, One Little Spark. Yep. Uh, Mission Space, mm-hmm. an incredible score. Yep. That is it, with the fanfare and held trumpets. It's fantastic. The Living Seas. Golden Dreams, which is a take from way back when. It's Fun to Be Free, which is a take from way back when. Listen to the Land, Magic Journeys. These are tunes that are They're original old. Epcot. And Universe of Energy. But that whole sequence is out- outrageous. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, that's one of them. I only wish it were longer. That's the only problem I have with the Epcot entrance loop. Because I know that they kind of time them for how long they imagine someone will be standing in that area but I almost want that Epcot entrance to, to be longer because it is so good. I would like them to throw in a little gem here and there too for all the Disney fans where you just, they just throw like a, a curveball in there once in a blue moon. Horizons. Yeah, like, yeah. Horizons. I know, you're looking at me going Horizons. Like, <laughs> yeah. of course, Horizons. But even still, any, any of the older the older theme music because it was so catchy, you know, it still can go through the test of time and just throw them in there just once in a blue moon. like Maybe extend it a little bit longer. So that if you happen to be there through the entrance loop and you're there from the beginning and you stick around a little bit longer, it's like that little thank you to fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Mike, now that you're, you're contributing as well, I yeah. think it's a good transition over to you. So what's your first? Uh, um, well, I know we talked about area music, but you said that cues were still... Cues count. Cues count. So most of mine are cues. As long as it loops, it counts. That's, these that's all, really, yeah, yeah. These all loop. And uh, actually, I'll transition, since we're in Epcot right now, I'll transition to, into Horizons. The Horizons beginning and end cues are just absolutely amazing. What I love about cue music is the ones that 
uh, accentuate the story. So before you even go onto the attraction, it gets you in the right mood, the right mindset, and it's getting you started. It's almost, you know, the intro of a story. And then just to cap it off with the outro being where you're going off of the ride and you're just feeling so good about yourself and so just enjoy the entire experience afterwards is just absolutely incredible. And Horizons for me, every single time I enjoy every time I hear that like every time I heard that music going on down that queue I knew what I was was going to expect and then as soon as I came off like that hearing that music just makes me want to do the ride over again yeah and that's a great point you bring up Mike because really Imagineering or or Disney attractions they put together uh the cue music or the entrance music to serve as the intro to the movie so any of those intros you'd hear in those old classic movies that's also the same feeling that they want to give to you when you go into an attraction. So Horizons is almost an extension of the main theme in Horizons, but it's introducing you to or making you feel like you're at the beginning of a movie, at the beginning of a journey. And the same thing with the end of an attraction at the exit. They, in many cases, have an exit loop, and that will usually be shorter, like one or two minutes, but it's meant to transition you back from the attraction itself into the land. So they do that all very purposely. I will stay in Epcot for mine as well, since you're all staying in Epcot, and I'm going to enter the park in a different way. One of, the, one of my favorites, which I listen to a lot, is the International Gateway Loop, which essentially has all of the themes from, or, or certain clips from the loops of all the pavilions and World Showcase. So you have a song from uh, Germany, one from Italy, one from France, one from the UK, uh, from the American Adventure Pavilion, and it's always very relaxing. I find it's good music to do any sort of studying or work, um, and especially like Anthony, I know, you, I know you love the World Showcase. It's if you love the World Showcase, it's literally just a loop of World Showcase tunes. Um, so that was the first one I had. So entering the park a different way. I thought about the entrance loop for Epcot in the front, but I thought about the side. Ah, uh, there you go. We're going a little bit different direction there. Yeah. In fact, I actually posted a poll on Instagram the other day, which was, I did it differently on Facebook because there's three options, but on Instagram, you still have two polls. And I said, where do you start first on World Showcase, Mexico or Canada? And I had some folks message me international gateway and i'm like you get brownie points because not everybody thinks about the international gateway wow. but i was thinking in my head i wonder how many people are going to put international gateway that is actually pretty clever i didn't even think about that it's a way to enter the park it is so a way you start at the uk or france technically yeah yeah my, my mind is always mexico yeah ours, I, ours has shifted i started at mexico my family used to always start in mexico but lately i feel like we go to the right we always go to canada but I think that's also because when we go during the festivals, a lot of the food that we want yeah. is in Canada and France and the UK. Is it weird that I keep track so I know that if I go down next time, i got to go to the right if I went left the first time? Oh, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll switch it up depending upon where I went the last the previous uh, vacation. I like that, though. So you keep yeah. track. Oh, I, you, went, I went to Mexico. Oh, I'm going to go to Canada this time. You change, change the experience. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it, it, does, it actually does make it a very different experience depending upon what loop you get, which direction that you go. I will say, I do find going to the left, uh, not to... To, to reduce the value of, of the other countries, but I happen to love that array of countries when you move to the left, the, the, all the way through to Germany. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. So They're great I do, countries. Yeah, they're, well. All of them are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you decided to, to take the boat directly to uh, American Venture? That is only for... Uh, leisure purposes and not because you're trying to rush somewhere? No, I never I, have. I have not. I, maybe 
way back when when I was a, you know a wee one but but I don't I don't think I usually do that you know I, I like I actually strolling similar to how you said you like listening you know to all the varieties of music I like just seeing the change of the different countries and walking and strolling there so I don't know I never did that before I, I, I find it, the only times I think I've ever done it was when we're at the end and we're just so tired because we you probably did the loop a couple times. Expedite coming back in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, it probably takes about the same amount of time, I would think, as walking it. Yeah, it, it depends on how fast you walk, of course. But yeah, it's about, probably about the same amount Pro- of time. Probably about the same amount of time. So it's really if you just need to give, her, give your um, legs a rest. Yeah. yeah, or you want that view. That's about it. That's true. Um, all right, so we're going to the second round. Anthony, what is the second that you have on your list? All right, so I... I didn't keep it to completely um, area music, so I'm going to skip what I had second and go to... Well, actually, I could do area music because it has to do with the queue. Yeah. Can I talk about Soren? Of course you can. Okay. So it, it, it has to do not only with the ride itself, and I happen to really love... So Soren Over California is a, a piece written by Jerry Goldsmith, who's his contribution. And uh, Soren Over the World, which is what it's been updated to, Yeah, uh, was composed by composer Bruce Broughton. Are you familiar with Bruce? I'm Bruce's not work? outside of Soren. No. Okay. <laughs> Bruce, if I, if I can just talk just for a second about him, because I absolutely, yeah, absolutely. love his work and what he's contributed to, to uh, Disney World in general. Bruce is an American composer uh, who's written for movies, Silverado, I put a list here, uh, Harry the Hendersons, the uh, Presidio, Rescue is Down Under, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Homeward Bound, I love that movie, uh, just among many. He's also been handy in Spaceship Earth, Ellen's Energy Adventure, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, Figment, Mission Space, Living Seas, Golden Dreams. Yeah. It's Fun to Be Free, Listen to the Land, Magic Journeys, all that. He's, he's, he's had a hand in a lot of that stuff. But he also wrote for Soaring Around the World, and I love the music. Absolutely love the music. So that was my number two. And I think that, actually, the cue I had as a backup, because I wasn't sure if someone would say it, because that's a very popular one I hear people say, but I love the cue music for Soren too. Me too. Except it always makes me laugh when the theme for Air Force One always comes on. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is really appropriate, but okay, it's really good music. Well, all the cue is music from movies based epic, in... yeah, Like very epic music movies. Yeah, and they're all based in air air travel in some way or... You well, know. The, it, it, there's also another one in the queue uh, by John Williams called Liberty Fanfare, which is a fantastic piece. And that, that particular one with the... It's yep. got this beautiful, beautiful... I know exactly fanfare. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah it's, and so that's among... The, there's that. There's the Air Force, uh, Air Force One uh, theme. I also really like the Rocketeer too. That always Rocketeer. I love great. that movie so yeah. much, and really, that's the only time you're going to get that reference to the Rocketeer. True. So I get very excited when I hear that. I, on. Well, I, I'm I'm I totally dig movie music. So you know, you were talking about having that gem for the for the, for the perceptive when they're walking in in, in, the, in the entrance mm-hmm. to Epcot. To me, that's I enjoy just sitting on the line trying to guess every single name of the uh, movie that they're quoting. In, so that I like. Yeah, me too. It's almost like like a fun little trivia game when yeah, you're on yeah. the queue. That's right. <laughs> It's very true. Mike, how about, how about you with the second on your list? Okay. Uh, we'll so I'll stick with uh, Epcot still and do the uh, Future World area, but by the fountain. Oh, okay. What are you going to say? Because I, I might have one of them. So I'm trying to think of what version, because I know they changed it over the years too, right? Are you talking about the Fountain of Nations loop? Yeah, or... the, the run that's right in the big fountain, right? 
like just yes. past Face of Earth. Yeah, I really like that music. It's just for me, it's like very, very epic. Well, let me ask: Is it when the fountain plays or the no, general music? Just general music. So that's technically the Interventions area music. Is that the Interventions area music? Yeah. See, I'm very terrible Disney fan. Apparently, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> But so yes, the inventions area of music. I actually have that on my list. It's one of my favorites. Oh, good. See, yeah. <laughs> then I'm actually a better Disney fan than I thought. No, it's a really great loop. Uh, and again, it's only like the, the original one is about 50 minutes long, but this one is now about 20. So they 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 sort of shortened it because really? they did they did change it over the years. Yeah, I do remember they were changing it. I wonder why they changed it, dropped it down to 20. I find a lot of the loops for the areas have been lowered. Over the years, they've been, or shortened, I should say, because even if you look at Tomorrowland, the original Tomorrowland loop, or the pre-1997 Tomorrowland loop, is about 56 minutes, and the new one is 35, somewhere around there. So I think most people spend time in the attractions themselves, and I think not as many people are walking around the lands. But Main Street is one where it's still about an hour, because people can can spend time there. They didn't have it in the budget. They had to cut down the... <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to cut down 10 minutes of our budget here for the area loop. I, I, you know what? I think it also has to do with the clientele, the, t- the change of times. People... I, it, we had talked about this. You know, when I, when I view the benefit... Not the benefit. The, the experience of Disney. It's really, it really is an experience. When you go to Disney, to be in love with Disney, you're not going to go for a thrill ride. You know, you're not going to go for the ride per se, alone. Right. It's everything that's associated with it. It's the sight, the smell, the, 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 what you're hearing. Right. It's the experience. And that's really what it is. It's a theme park. And, and people who I think are not the people listening to this podcast, obviously, but the people who would be, yeah, I'm not really into Disney. I think it's because they don't really appreciate the experience. They just want, all right, I'm going to go on the ride, get off the ride, go on to the next ride, go off the ride. Wouldn't be surprised if the attention to the, that particular detail, not that it was overlooked, but it wasn't, you know, when, you, when you're looking at the type of people that are wanting to come and enjoy your park and they want a more ride experience, well, okay, we'll spend less time working on this. I hope they would never get away from that completely because it, it is about the experience when it comes to Disney. And that's why I think the value of all this is. I think, I, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, I wonder if a lot of it's also subconscious as well because as you're walking, you know, background music, you're not necessarily, you know, people like ourselves, since we're so into music, we pay attention to that. But even the people that don't, it, 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 it cries, creates such a positive experience throughout the entire thing so that even when you're walking from point A to point B in attraction, you're hearing this, this you know, incredible soundtrack while you're going across, and that, too, can alter your mood. Well, and, and, but, you know, I was going to say, sound, music itself is, is in, instrumental, not to be, not the pun, but it is, it is very influential in, in the feeling that, that you have. So you listen to a piece of music and it's written in minor, it's written in a certain type of uh, uh, melodic sequence that even if you're not consciously attuned to it, it's going to put you into a certain feeling. It's going to predispose you into a certain type of attitude before you even experience whatever it is that you're going to experience. And now you change the key, you change the, the melodic structure, and it can completely alter, even in a subconscious way, what you're feeling and how you're going to approach whatever that activity is before you even do the activity. So... Um, perfect example, right? Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but if you go to a, a ride that is supposed to be a thrill ride and supposed to give you angst and anxiety, but and, and you subconsciously direct people to to kind of have that mood before they even 
experience the ride, they're already predisposed to experience it the way that the creator, the Imagineer of that ride wanted them to experience it as. You know, any of them, uh, the Haunted Mansion, the Pirates of the Caribbean, when you walk through and you hear the ominous sounds and the ominous music, you may not know specifically how to articulate why it is you feel that way, but all of a sudden you realize, you know, I feel a little uncertain, you know, I feel a little certain way, and then you go and experience the ride, and you're like, wow, that really did package it together. It's similar to any movie. It's done the same way. It's precisely done the same way. Yeah. And they do that on purpose. One of the things that I, uh, you know, there's some YouTube videos out there that actually showcase that where they'll actually have a film playing and then they'll do it with just uh, with the music. And then they'll also do it with just the sound effects and the dialogue. And it's amazing the difference between the two and how much influence it has over that particular scene because of the music. Or you change the music. I, I, <laughs> so I have a, I, I have That's a, true. so I teach, uh, I have a high school music in our lives class. And in that class, I actually gave them as a project. Now, uh, I had students that weren't particularly adept to, to composing music, but would know based on their ears, whether or not what loops or what, um, pre-written music they liked, and then I said, "Okay, well now put into this random video, put a, a, a piece of music that would match the actions going on." And then I gave them the opposite. All right, now what I want you to do is completely change the 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 flavor of this particular scene with a different style of music, and it really does change everything. You know, it's the whole point of why we're here discussing this because Disney has been very masterful of doing that with their parks. I love, and to go back to your point earlier, Anthony, about you're hoping that they keep that level of experience i think they're just they've just been amplifying it and galaxy's edge is a good example of that i love that they brought john williams back just to record that's true a score for the land I'm so excited about that <laughs> that, that so excited we, about we're gonna have to do this again and i think that'll be our top one i think it will be on the next version it's, of this my, podcast it'll definitely show up there um so awesome so you said what was you said soren Right, that that was, your, I think that like, whole tangent was on Soren. Yeah, was I, think so. no, I, was, I was trying to go back. Who was the last one to say something? I think Anthony said Soren. Mike was your number two. Uh, what was? Oh no, Mike said Interventions, right? Yeah, the Interventions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we did we did go around. So it's your turn. That was my turn. Okay. Oh, Sorry. I'm going to jump. So we've been staying in Epcot too long. I do have more in Epcot, but I'm going to jump. Uh, so I'm going to jump over to. Let's go to the Animal Kingdom. Nice. And here's one that. Honestly, it took me a long time to even find, but it is very close to home for me, and that's the music loop for Harambe. Yes, yes, and yes. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I literally, you know, I was working there, spending my time, especially the end of the day, back when Animal Kingdom didn't really have evening hours, and I would be standing at the greeter position, which happened occasionally at the end of the day, and I would not have too much to do because at that point most guests have left or they're not really in Africa they're finishing up at Expedition Everest or at Dinosaur and then they're heading out of the park so and again this was before even Pandora so I would be standing there and not many people would come up to me so I'd have the chance to just stand there and listen to the music and I always thought to myself I really want this loop and it took me forever to find it and I finally did but it is actually music from Africa. So they have these, uh, the Imagineers went and found the like actual pop music or not really pop music, but like popular music from, from, from African countries. And especially in the areas of like Kenya, Tanzania, which is where Harambe is supposed to be. And then even South Africa and other, other uh, countries in Africa and put together the sloop. And I just love how it's got this energy to it it's some of the songs are a little more um 
like bluesy or more on the rock genre and it but it's still very it makes it feel very authentic like you really are in africa so that i always loved that's one of the things i love about disney is the fact of the authenticity that they really go above and beyond to making sure that not only you're getting a wonderful experience but as authentic of an experience as they could possibly get for which, where you are, and especially Animal Kingdom. I know we've had a lot of conversations about Animal Kingdom and the amount of detail that honestly never truly appreciated until I found out about these things. And it's just, this is what, why Disney comes above everybody else, is because of the details. And just case in point to what you were saying before, Anthony, about just music in general and, and the, the attention to detail they put into these different parks is the reason why people love going there so much and why we appreciate it as Disney fans so much. And the other thing is, is, is just think about music or, or uh, even st- tastes and, and specifically smells. How often, have, and, and it really goes to anybody, how often have you come across a smell and then as soon as you smell it, it triggers a memory. Or more specifically on this case, you listen to a piece of music and immediately you, you identify the piece of music, but then you, you go back and flash back to something. I mean, this, this is, music is, is very instrumental in rearticulating uh, Alzheimer's patients. There's, there's been many, many documentaries about how miraculously all of a sudden uh, someone can, can start to be able to, have, be able to communicate simply by playing music that is something from their distant past. Disney understands that what they're going to do is create a lasting uh, impression upon you so that at any facet of your life, when you're experiencing life wherever you are in the world and you hear something akin to the music you're talking about, you can literally think back to Disney. It's like, all right, how are we going to get people to want to come back? And back, it's to to get that that passion that uh, is similar to like a love, a romance, where you're really getting people to want to come back because you're imprinting in their in their experiences, their everyday experiences, a connection back to Disney, and that's where the music component comes in, the smells, the sights, and all that visual. The, the experience is really where it's at, and everything just comes right back to Disney. Um, my wife Mara, she, I drive her nuts sometimes. She she wasn't born into Disney like I am, but We'll, we'll experience something, like fireworks, and I'll turn to her, and my phrase will always be, well, they're not Disney fireworks, or they're not Disney this, or they're not <laughs> Disney that. So she, she, she laughs now, but, but I, my, my experiences growing up have always been Disney-related, so I, I really am very much, part of me is that, because of all the experiences. So that's where I, I think that goes. Yeah, I 100% agree. A lot of the times, you know, there will be certain, uh, especially like the, the chlorine spell that are yeah. sometimes like you, you smell it somewhere else. Like you, you immediately goes back to like um, going on to It's a Small World, you know, yeah, or all those attractions. And it's just amazing. And same thing is true with music. Anytime, like anytime, especially if I'm having a stressful day or anything along those lines, I'll put on some mu- like some area music or some just any Disney songs for that matter, but especially attraction music. And immediately I, I'm transported back to Disney World and, you know, a very much more calmer, enjoyable time. It's yeah, there's a lot worse places to go to. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, it's uh, to me, it's a happy place. So It is. But, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, we'll definitely have to do an episode on smells. That's yeah. going to, that, that's, that's, that's definitely on my list. Um, so, Anthony, what's the third one on your list? I, you know what? Can I jump on you your can. Animal jump Kingdom loop Wherever train? you want to go. Well, I mentioned before that I think my favorite one is the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So this is kind of a cheat because it's kind of for the same reasons as you, but the, the loop within the lodge itself... I love that loop. ...is, is different, but obviously similar. 
And I love it just as much. And I love that that style of music anyway, and uh, that culture of music. I happen to really enjoy. So I mean, it just, that's just an obvious one for me. So that there's my I guess third one. Yeah, and it's and it is actually I almost put that one on my list actually, but then I jumped to Harambe because I was thinking to myself I have more of a history with that loop than right. I do, and I had to pick and prioritize. But I listen to the Animal Kingdom Lodge loop a lot. Go ahead, Mike. No, I agree. No, <laughs> that's all I have to say about no. that. <laughs> what, what's the next one in your list? Okay, well, now we're going to jump uh, to another park, uh, Magic Kingdom now. Uh-huh. Good choice. And uh, we're actually going to go back in time. So mm. would that give you a clue as far as... Extinct attractions or <laughs> ones based in history? Or no, Going actually, back in time, if that's... So Timekeeper? That's time right. Timekeeper. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Timekeeper, I wrote this down. He was, yes, that was Bruce Broughton. Oh, was that him as well? Nineteen ninety-two. He was, yeah, Bruce Broughton. And I'm I, I surprised because a lot of the, a lot of the conversations you mentioned also are very similar to Timekeeper. Mm-hmm. And I had said that he was Mission Space. He wasn't Mission Space, but he was. He was definitely the Timekeeper. He, wow. That was one of his. Uh, I, I just heard it. Uh, we, we're going to mention this at some point, right? Subsonic Radio. Can I yes. mention that now? If you, you don't can mind? mention it, yeah. Okay. If any of your listeners don't know, is there's an app. I, I unfortunately don't know the people or persons who run, who run it. Run it, yeah, But I. Subsonic Radio is phenomenal. It's an app that you can download and stream music from the parks at any time. And they have a particular channel that is background music, and it's only background. There's there's no. Uh, it's all instrumental. And it's exactly what we're talking about now. Anyway, there's also another channel that is the full ride attraction. It's called the Great, uh, Great, um, uh, not movie ride, but there's they phrase it in a different way. That that is, it's all ride music. Timekeeper came up, and I heard Robin Williams' voice, and it immediately brought me back. And it was fantastic. I love love that attraction. We quote we that all all the, the time. time. Love yeah. that attraction yeah. all <laughs> the time. No one gets the references unless they remember Timekeeper. Yep. Yeah, nobody <laughs> does. You can't fly if you had wings. I'll let, let you, you go. go. Yep. <laughs> I think that. I think we talked about this before, but I think that was actually a part of the gag reel that they kept in. Really? When uh, this is just my guess because he actually does. You can hear Robin Williams laughing. It's not. Yeah, well, like he laughing. said, like he's like, don't make me come. And you can hear him laughing. It's like, okay, yeah. come out. Yeah, don't make me. Don't make me come back there. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> it. that's absolutely the uh, the the one. But not to make sure that this is part of the rules. Still, is that this is not the attraction I'm talking about. It's about specifically the the beginning the key music. The key yes, music the key music in the beginning. It's so it's so it, you know it's a nice little. Up, nice little bop to uh, to um, you know to beginning. It just kind of gets you into that mood. It's like it's like a little rambunctious and a little silly. So, it, it, but a little on the epic side as well. It's like a bunch of little things here and there. It just gets you so like I, every single time I get so excited to see the show. This would be a wonderful place for some safety instructions. <laughs> I'd pay real close attention if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about it, it just like even then, oh. was just laughing about it, and the, and the clock that counted down. Yep. I remember every yes. single time, mm-hmm. like I got so excited every time it got a little closer, a little closer. And it's a clock, and it's about time and going back in time, and that goes into that. Yeah, it goes into that whole theme. Um, that was a good one. I'm gonna jump on. I, you know, I tried to pick ones that were not so obvious, but I do have one obvious one in here. Maybe it's not. Maybe neither of you have it, but I know a lot of people that listen to this. Um, so I'll just jump on this now because it's my only obvious one. And that is going to a different park. And that's over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. 
If you still MGM to me, I'm sorry. Still MGM to me. <laughs> we need to get you a shirt that says that. So <laughs> if you head down Hollywood Boulevard, make a right, go down Sunset Boulevard, you'll be brought to the Hollywood Tower Hotel. And that loop is genius. It's absolute genius. I love that one. The whole Q loop. Because they have all the songs, the you know, the swing and big band songs from the 30s and yep. exactly when that time period is supposed to take place. And it, I, I had that whole episode about, uh, or I need to actually put an episode out, I should say, about Tower of Terror. And the, um, you know, that, that plays into the whole story that although it's taking place in the present time. It's as if nothing has changed. And it's supposed to give you that eerie feeling that all the music is still coming back from, you know, almost these haunting sounds from the thirties. And not only do they play these songs from the thirties, but the way that they play them, they add in these echo and reverb effects and they slow down the music intentionally. Mm -hmm. And it makes it feel like it's sort of echoing from the past that is not even being played in the present. Um, and it's just a fun loop. It's great to listen to at Halloween, but I'll listen to it any time of the year. 100% agree. I that's mean, a good one. They, they do. And I actually didn't know about those details either. So that's amazing. Again, not surprised that they would go to that length to do it. But you're right. It just gets you in that mood of this sense of uncertainty. And that is coming from another, you're, you're in another time. Another you know, dimension. So, another dimension. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 simple, that simple, you know, echo effect just subconsciously makes it feel like it's coming from another dimension. Right. It's not coming from that physical place. So yeah. that was a really good choice. That, that was the that one was that really was like, I have one big one on here that probably everybody's going to know. And then the others are kind of hit or miss, but that one I had to definitely uh, jump on. So That's a very good one. Um, Anthony, what's next on your list? We're going to go back to magic kingdom. Okay. And I would love to know how many listeners and including yourselves actually have been online long enough to listen to a decent portion of the Jungle Cruise Loop. Oh, I have that on my list. Yeah, I have. With no, all, I listen me. to it. I listen to it on my own. Forget the line. Because <laughs> uh, you know, so when I I, I uh, downloaded that particular app I mentioned before, and um, was reacquainted with it in a non-visiting experience. So I'm just driving and I'm listening to it, and I'm really listening and attuned to all the little phrases that go on in between, and it's hilarious. I mean, it's it's meant to be. Very funny, and and uh, I, I enjoy listening to that and and trying to pick up on all the little sarcasms and little uh, um, jokes that are put in there that are meant to sound obviously serious. I kid you not. I actually tweeted about this the other day to to see if anybody got the reference. I don't think if any, I don't think anybody actually responded to me that said that they did. But my favorite one because they do have all those quips and they're they're all very funny. But my favorite is. Well, world-famous paleontologist Dr. Cornelius Bifocal, please return the dinosaur coloring book and crayons he borrowed from the dispatch office. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, but that, I, I do like that area there. Yeah, that, literally every single one of those jokes makes me laugh. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. It's so cheesy, but it's it's totally sets the mood for what you're oh, about to experience. Well, well, I'm paraphrasing, but there's one that says, uh, "If you need to, uh, if you need to, uh, if you're out of currency, you need to exchange currency. Don't worry, there's banks along the river." Or yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. I think it's one of the first ones they have. They say, "Actually, that's very funny." Yeah, I love I love that loop. Teach yourself Swahili. <laughs> they give you a phrase. Uh, they, they give you three phrases and. Um, I think there's one that says, uh, 
Yeah, they give you... I don't know the Swahili off the top of my head, but there's one for they who have no fear. And then the other one is um, put the goat back in... Or take the goat out of the house and put it back in its shed. (laughs) 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 Two Swahili common phrases. Um, But that's a great answer. Um, Technically, I have that as a backup, but I I love the Jungle Cruise loop. So, Mike, how about you? Well, going to stick with Magic Kingdom. I like to stick in the parks. Well, then the next one, I'm going to stick with Magic Kingdom, too. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, for me... I'm also going to do an uh, attraction, and that'll be Space Mountain. Well, uh, can I? Can I? Yes, I, go ahead. From from listening to a previous podcast, I was fully expecting you to jump all over Space, Space Mountain, Mountain. Yeah, because you, I, I loved listening to the passion you had in describing how it how the beginning of the queue was one way, and then as you go deeper and deeper into the queue, it it transforms into being actually in outer space and then the vice versa as you're going up the ramp over that you know back into the park it builds up the anxiety yeah yeah i I except i i have to say this now before uh we go any further the the, taking out the conveyor belt at the exit really made me sad (laughs) (laughs) i know it shouldn't i didn't think it would make much of a difference but now walking through those dioramas at the end Mm -hmm. just seems so sad Mm -hmm. the only thing i like about it now is you can stop and look at it you can stop and look at it, but it's a different experience. I now. know it's totally different. And it's now less you have futuristic. To, and then you have to do this ramp that goes back up. It just it it doesn't it takes you out of the experience. Yeah, I know it's so small, but it just did. It's one of those things that kids now growing up and going to Disney are not going to know existed because I think there are even things that we didn't experience that a lot of our folks, for instance, would miss about Disney, but it's not even part of the experience for us. Yeah, I would say, but if you think about it, uh, Walt Disney World was uh, built in 71, right? Yes. So even by the point where we were going to the parks, even 15, 20 years later, not too much has changed. True. And because it was still relatively new, it's only been the past, you know, say 30 years or longer that things now have started to get replaced, and especially things that we remember and I, I know for, you know, we're only a few years apart. There are a lot of memories that I have for attractions that you, even though may have experienced, were a little too young to remember, like World of Motion. I remember World of Motion. I vaguely. I remember pieces of it. And I actually blur World of Motion and If You Had Wings. Yep. For some, because I, I know that they're both kind of based off which of was the one? Which was the one, Delta? Which, Dream Delta Flight. Dream Flight. Dream Flight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what you're turning. I don't think Yes, yeah, sorry. Not Delta Dream Flight. Because yeah. if you had wings this before that's right. my time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> Delta it, Dream Flight. I agree. I, I always mm. mix up Dream Flight with uh if uh with World, World of Motion as well. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. especially the beginning part, they're very, very similar to each other. Yeah. But no, that's a I mean, Space Mountain is obviously a great answer. <laughs> oh, it, it's just the like not to be too punny here, but it's like the spatial element of the music and just mm-hmm. like it's just you know, it, it's it's very simple. Right, but it just gets you. It just gets you right in into that zone of of you know. You know, you're not even going to space, but it's like that spacey kind of music. And I don't know. It just always gives me chills every single time I go on that ride. I love that one. Um, I'm gonna just broaden that scope a little bit because one of them I have on my list is Tomorrowland. Ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's on my list too. That's actually surprisingly the only one I have for Magic Kingdom. Now that I'm looking at my list. But because I had to think about which area music loop I like the most. And I almost went with Main Street because there was something very, uh, you know, nostalgic Americana about Main Street Mm. Um, and timeless, even though they did change it in 2013, I think it was. But the Tomorrowland music loop is 
it really makes you feel like you're in this fictional sci-fi land. I love that they play the songs from uh, Carousel of Progress. And in fact, I know people that kind of leave thinking, like humming uh, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow to themselves and thinking, I didn't even go on Carousel of Progress today. Why am I humming that to myself? It's because you heard it <laughs> you know, two seconds ago in Tomorrowland, but a different version of it. Um, strange things are happening to me. Uh, sort of a, a Buzz Lightyear theme. So they have the songs that are specific to the individual attractions in there and then some additional ones as well. And they add some spacey sounds to it and um, I can't get too technical with, with what they add to it, but I just love the way that they, they make it feel like you're in this sci-fi environment, but in a whimsical way. So like I said, that was the only one I have for, for Magic Kingdom though. Um, so what are we up to, Anthony? I think we're up to the fifth. So, Anthony, what's the fifth one on your list? Well, I, I'm going to have to go a little off my list because I I, uh, I took it to also mean some some particular uh, pieces or rides or anything like that. But I ha- have to say, for as far as area goes, I'm going to stick with Animal King, uh, Magic Kingdom, rather. Yep. And this is associated with one of my favorite places to eat in Magic Kingdom. Uh, when I started, when I got older, and I started to care a little bit more about eating better foods mm-hmm. and the fact that you know Casey's hot dog is phenomenal but I wanted to try and stay away from some of the fried stuff I I discovered a great place to eat lunch was the Harbor House and just my favorite just being able to go into the Harbor House and then get fully immersed in that type of atmosphere with the music it's associated with so that's where it kind of connects um, everything about that experience is a great way to kick your feet up so to speak sit down have a really good nice meal that I don't think many people would typically know about. And I just found like everybody, when I tell them about, you know, go to the Harbor House, that's a great place for lunch. And like, Harbor House? I don't think they really realize that. They're, they're more going to Main Street and getting the, 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 the fried food and the hot dogs and that. And I'm like, try this. This is a really good difference. The first time I heard about Columbia Harbor House was doing the Keys of the Kingdom tour because that's where you eat for lunch. And they put you in this little hidden section, not a hidden section, but they bring you up to this roped off area that's just for the tour. And they always, then they told us that if you ever come back here, make sure to sit on the second floor because yes. everybody sits on the first floor and they, don't, they think to themselves, oh, I can't find a table, but there's so much seating on the second floor. Yeah. And it's very relaxing up there. We've eaten there before. Yeah. Actually, the first time was with you. Oh, but, really? Yeah. For Passing your on the knowledge. Yeah. It was, I, I never, never knew Harbor House existed. Usually, uh, for the most part, would skip over those um, fast-serving restaurants and usually going for more of the sit-downs yeah. because of the reason of trying to be more healthy. So usually the, they have burgers and stuff like that. Or we do this Tomorrowland. Uh, Cosmic tomorrow. Rays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once in a while. So when we mentioned about Harbor House, and we, you know, I said, all right, we'll check it out. And I love their menu selection. It so I had delicious. a lot. I think it was a lobster roll and a New England clam chowder there. And I just remember the first time having it, saying to myself, and, you know, we're from New England, so it's like, you know, this is actually pretty good. And, and, <laughs> and it was such a different departure from the normal food that they offer in a quick service meal way. And it was enjoyable. And, and, and because of the fact that not many people seem to gravitate to that, the seating was there, the lines were down, uh, generally speaking. And then the atmosphere was also great because I love that, the maritime atmosphere where it would sound like, you know, 
uh, uh, colonial America with the with the where you're at a seaport and and Shenandoah, beautiful melody that that is mixed in. I mean, gorgeous playlist, if you will. And it was that to me brought the whole atmosphere together. Yeah, it does feel like you're like a sailor. It, for, it, although this is not a Disney thing, it kind of reminds me of the background music in SpongeBob SquarePants a little bit. <laughs> it's it is. It's it's got this like whims like this. Like Chanting, sailor, sea yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. It is. It is. <laughs> Listen to the background music for SpongeBob and then compare it to Liberty Tree. Okay, that's Liberty that's Tree. everyone's homework right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's like one time I think I'm just totally detracted from Disney in this podcast. To SpongeBob. To SpongeBob. Yeah. To SpongeBob. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Mike, what's the next on your list? Okay, we're going to move to a, another park now. Uh, so we're going to go to Hollywood Studios or MGM. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Studios. sorry, I'm old. Uh, no, that's fine. That's how I remember it as well. So that's why I'm going to do both versions. And uh, actually, on my list is uh, the Star Tours queue. Yeah, that's a good choice. Do-do-do-do. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> every time. But that <laughs> talk about ones that have great uh, just uh, um, dialogue. That I love those. Like, everything from uh, 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 like George Lucas spelled backwards. I forgot how he pronounced it. Departing Endor passenger Sakul, Mr. Igroj Sakul, please see the Star Tours agent at gate number three. Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow, please check with the Star Tours agent at gate number four. And just the banter between C-3PO and R2-D2 as well. And uh, even when they're talking about, I'll even do the uh, the newer version as well, where they're talking about the different planets that you can go to. And I just love even like Tatooine and even talking about, you know, the Mos Eisley Cantina and like, <laughs> it's in this like very, you know, booming, announcing like positive voice. And they're like, you know, this is the best place for the wretched hive of the scum and villainy. And it's like, oh, it's every time I just love, it really gets me in that Star Wars spirit. You remember what they say about Alderaan. Yeah, voted safest planet in the galaxy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I also like when they do the weather reports on the top. And it's like Alderaan is like beautiful weather throughout. Yeah. <laughs> it's those details, man. Yeah, or they will say like Alderaan is like the delayed flight and things like that. That, was, that always makes me laugh too. They start tours has so many interesting um, lines to it, much like Jungle Cruise does. That it's very funny. Um, so I actually don't have any more at Hollywood Studios either. So I'm going to jump to a resort and kind of branch off of Anthony a little bit. One of my favorite loops is over at the Yacht and Beach Club. You know, I've never been. That's one place I've never been. It's worth going to. I mean, the whole the boardwalk area is, as an entire area, probably my favorite at Disney because it is truly in the center of Walt Disney World, almost mm-hmm. geographically in the center of Walt Disney World. And you can walk to Epcot, you can walk to Hollywood Studios or take a ferry to either place. You have a lot of options for places to eat and to shop. The resorts themselves are beautiful. There are three deluxe resorts, so it's not a surprise um, that they are beautiful. Uh, great pools. The Gotten Beach Club has what most people think of as the best pool themed pool at Walt Disney World for a resort. Um, but the music is, it almost feels like you're in a spa. I, it's not so much, I don't think that really plays off of the theme of New England that much, but um, it's a lot of acoustic music to it, like acoustic guitar. And um, it just feels like whenever I, and I have actually, phys- I've actually intentionally gone there 
when I when I worked down there, I was taking an online class, and I would go and do my homework at the yacht club just to have the true ambiance and experience being there. And it was it kind of put me in the zone because the music is very therapeutic. Um, but yeah, it's truly just acoustic guitar music. But it, it, it's mix of of music that's been composed already, or is it specifically yes. composed for? It is not. It is. It is. I think a lot of the resort yeah. music is actually already. You know, they yeah. take scores exactly. yeah. from from other other sources. So yeah, all the music. I actually do know the or I had to look. I, I was able to look up the albums once. So you can actually just buy the albums for wow. the yacht club and the really? beach club. Yeah, because you can at like any of the the music scores, you can find them online or or buy the albums. And and in a case like Soren, there's they take from all these different movies. Right, but. There are two resorts that I can think of off the top of my head, um, Yacht Club and Yacht and Beach Club and uh, Port Orleans. That Port Orleans, for instance, is literally they play two albums. Wow. That's it. But it's, and I don't remember, again, I don't remember them off the top of my head, but they just take two albums and they play them and that's it. Wow. But it does feel, they take them from, you know, New Orleans or and it's all that uh, style. Know, that I wonder if there's a music. Spotify playlist for those. I have made one, which you can find. I'll send. I'll send it to you, Mike. Because I, I literally just took the album. Listeners, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. <laughs> I literally just took, and it's the same thing for uh, for the Gotten Beach Club. I actually took the music. I found the the music, and then I put it together on a playlist. So I'll send it out. Yeah, I think I, it, that's super cool. Can I piggyback off of that? Yeah, that go ahead. Of, uh, for I guess my next one, because I'm in love with, and also heart, my heart's breaking that Illuminations as it exists. The Reflections of Earth, I should say, which, by the way, beautiful podcast on Thank the review you. of it, um, <clears throat> is disappearing. But uh, I, what I love, and I guess I kind of warped into the, this discussion, is the pre-show, which st- happens 30 minutes prior. Yeah. And I, uh, this is going back a couple years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was interested in finding out what actual pieces were being played at the pre-show music and I actually found them I found every single one here uh, um, and I made a playlist so that's why I wanted to jump in because I created a playlist and it's interesting because I, I, I like listening sometimes to that pre-show music in addition to listening to Reflections of Earth and all that I like listening to what happens 30 minutes prior and and I have a list of all the tunes that, that are in that pre-show I did the same thing. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I've had that loop. I've had that loop for years. I just added to my Epcot playlist in that yep. particular order. So I know and I have I have about. the that the uh, final pre-show song before the show is a song called uh, "Our Life" by Utara Kuru. Fun fact: that is the ringtone that I have for Joanna, and Joanna has for me. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I kind of like turned it. I I took it. I bought it from iTunes, and I turned it into a ringtone. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. That's called Our Life, and it's. I just think it's very appropriate. That is. <laughs> and we always we always love illumination. So. Um, cool. That's a great answer, though. I actually, again, that was one of those loops that I thought about including in mind too. But when you have to narrow it down to ten, I know Anthony, I, we talked about this. It's hard to do it. Hard. Mike, what's the next on your list? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> you had Star Tours. Okay, we'll stick with we'll stick with uh, Hollywood Studios or MGM Studios, uh, depending on. So here's a good when one. You listen, uh, Toy Story Mania. That's a great one. Yeah, the queue. I love that queue so much. And I know like it's not actually the same music, but it's Toy Story inspired. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I like about it so much is that they did such a great job of having inspiration to the soundtrack to the Toy Story films. So for that reason, I just, I just, I just love it. I really do feel like I'm in, in with the Toy Story characters, that I'm in their universe, if you will. Yeah, it's 
It's another one of those that I always wanted to find, and then I think you can actually find it on YouTube now, or on Subsonic Radio, they might have it. I don't no. listen, I have to admit, I, I listen to YouTube, uh, the loops on YouTube more often than I do on Subsonic Radio, but I'm sure they have it on there too. Um, let me jump back to Animal Kingdom, because I have a couple here. One of them is very, very, very new, and they just released it, and that is the music loop for Satuli Canteen which is one of my favorite places to eat. Yay. <laughs> I would say that that's equal to Harbor House. For food? Or maybe a little bit better. I think I, it's better. I, yeah, I, 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 think, I think it exceeds a Harbor House for me. But yeah, yeah it's, it's so good. It's so good. The food is so fresh. I love the fact that you can actually walk, when you walk inside, you see them cooking the chicken yeah, and the yeah, steak, yeah. and it's, it's all really being made right there, which is why it's so fresh. But the music to me, it was, and I, I'm, I'm glad that Disney released the music because they don't have a lot of music in the world of Avatar. The only way that, because if you walk through the area, there's actually no music. If you walk through the Flight of Passage queue, no music. Navi River Journey, no music. It's only in um, Wind Traders, Satuli Canteen, and right outside of Pongu Pongu. That's just that one section over there, they have music and that's it. But Satuli Canteen takes the themes from uh, Navi River Journey. So they have different versions of Ma'ewa. And Great. they have different versions of the actual soundtrack from Avatar. Yeah. So, and it was written by James Horner. So, um, or at least he co-wrote it. I think it's James Horner and Simon Franklin. But it's totally authentic because it came from the same composer as the composer for Avatar itself. Avatar. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So I, I love, that's become my new sort of therapeutic music loop and it's short but. you know and you know if you broaden if you broaden your understanding of how you would define music to be yeah you could agree that avatar itself in the the effects and the sounds and and everything that is it, it's equally as immersive as an area loop it, it is it's just a different style different it's not metered it's not regulated music if you will so in terms of that aspect of of defining it as music yeah maybe not but it still offers that same effect uh, that to me is just one of the also wonders is that if they're not going to compose a piece of music, they're going to make you feel like you're in that environment completely. When you see a forest in, in Avatar, you're going to hear all the animals that are that are in that forest. It's very cool. It but is. that is the area music part. The, the the influence of the actual James Horner soundtrack is because I love the soundtrack in general. That's one of my favorite scores. Is great. It is. And yeah, I mean for Flight of Passage specifically. If you and they release that as well, you can actually hear that all of the sounds, like you're saying, for the animals in the forest, is music in itself, and yeah. that's definitely the message you're trying to convey. So, yeah, not always just about the literal sense of the word music, but it can be in other forms as well. Um, we're getting down to our last few, I think. Uh, Anthony, what do you have next on your list? How about we stay in Animal Kingdom? Go for it. And I love speaking of how sounds merge into music. How about a bug's life? Oh, that's great. When they do the versions of songs... In the queue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the queue as if it were bugs chirping and bugs... See, I did that attraction once and I never did it again, so I don't remember much of that. Did the cockroaches scare you? Yeah, the bees, the bees, and the sting. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that was the only thing that Olivia was a little bit, a little bit fearful of, but she actually did pretty well. But when the the spiders, you know, but but I love the the uh, the the beginning 
where you're waiting to go into the movie and they have uh, you know Beauty and the Beast or all these other students and they're being played as if they're crickets and Beauty and the Bees. Oh, Beauty and I the remember Bees. that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. now I remember. That's, yeah, that's that was cool. Yeah. I really like that. That <laughs> yeah. part of the attraction I liked. <laughs> it's quick too. That's another. Maybe that I'm a little bit older. I should go back and try. <laughs> well, when was the first time you did that? Because you were young, weren't you? I was you? pretty young. I was probably. Well, you couldn't have been that young. Twelve. Yeah. 13, 14? My parents never wanted to do it, so I did it for the first time when I was 18. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is cool, but this would be terrifying if I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. I was like, at that point, I was like, in my preteen years. Let me ask, did you ever do Alien Encounter? Loved Alien Encounter. No, I actually never ended up doing Alien Encounter. Love. Okay. I was so disappointed. I love Shrek. I mean, not Shrek. I just did <laughs> Shrek the musical. I love <laughs> Lilo and Stitch. I don't know where Shrek came from. I love Lilo and Stitch, but I... I really miss the original Alien Counter, but that that was scary, man. For Disney, you know, for all the stereotypes, oh, Disney's not that scary. The Haunted Mansion is more of an experience than it's scary. That was a pretty scary ride. I have a book actually right down here, I think, behind me, that talks specifically about Alien Encounter, and it was originally supposed to be darker than it was. So it was co-written by George Lucas, first of all. I loved it. So... That already made it, you know, from storytelling, incredible storytelling. But it originally, so it ended up being that you had this technology company, XS Tech, that was supposed to try to sell their technology to other planets. But it ended up being in its current version, or its most recent, or its, you know, the version it ended up being, I should say, that the aliens were incompetent. But originally, they were supposed to be intentionally evil. Like they were supposed to have the intention of invading planets and destroying them. And they were coming to earth to basically, you know, destroy all the people in the room <laughs> or harm all the people in the room. That's a derail so much, but I am very inquisitive as to why, how, how did that, it, it, it's an awesome, it was an awesome ride. I loved it. How did that mix in with everything else? Oh, so I actually, Go uh, ahead, Mike. Is it okay? Cause yeah, no, I want to hear... Go, go ahead. So actually, I know about a little bit, even before uh, that part of Alien Encounter was being formed. So when I, Michael Eisner became CEO, he took his kid to go to the different theme parks and asked him what his thoughts were. And he was in his teenage years at the time. And he said he came back and said, this is too much to kitty. It's too much for kids. And they wanted to go after the young adult market at that point in time. So that's when Michael Eisner decided that he wanted to have more thrilling attractions in the theme parks. That's why if you've noticed a lot of the theme, uh, the thrilling rides happened right in during the late eighties, early nineties because of that reason. And originally Michael Eisner wanted to uh, license the alien franchise and do an alien attraction. But then uh, the Imagineers got him to come to a sentence of saying, that's probably the not a good idea. You know, like, <laughs> like these are, you know, it's an R-rated franchise, right? So fortunately, they came to our senses and uh, they decided to do a, a kind of a, a spinoff of that, if you will, where it's right. very much in like thematically very much like the Alien franchise, but something completely different. And sorry, but come full circle. Now, technically, Disney owns it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So right. they're going to rebuild so, Alien Encounter yeah, as the actual Alien franchise. <laughs> that whole merger. I mean, we talked about that, Mike, on other, our other episode, but that's a, we'll have to do a whole episode on that because that's, that's, there's so much there. Um, so, Mike, did the Alien Encounter key loop make your list? No. 
It didn't yep. make mine. I don't either, think I ever. I, I don't think I've ever did it. I may have done it once. It's it's literally just. I mean, the Q loop is literally just like these spacey sounds. It's very uh, extraterrestrial. Fair. Aha. Extra terrorrestrial. Extra terrorrestrial. That's right. But what's the next one you have on your list? Um, hang on, my my phone. Sorry, guys. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so we'll we'll, uh, we'll jump back to uh, Hollywood Studios. Okay. Or MGM Studios. And uh, so this one, because I'm in the music industry, I had to pick this, but it's the rock and roller coaster queue area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. I'm a big fan of Aerosmith. And every single time I get on that queue line to do it, I get, I'm right in that zone to, to rock out on that ride. And then as soon as I'm coming off of that, I'm singing along to whatever Aerosmith tune they got going on. So for me, that's a personal favorite, but I love that so much. Do you know if, did they read, besides Love in an Elevator, which is Rock and Roller Coaster, did they change the lyric to any of the other songs they sh- in that queue? They shot it- this, uh, they, they recorded them individually. They recorded them individually. They did? Yeah. So they, and I know that, Mike, I told you that they changed the entire area of music, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I was kind of but I was there recently, that. and it was okay because like, I noticed I went inside once uh, into the area, and I noticed there was other rock music. And at first, I was a little worried, saying, "Why did he change it? It's not just Aerosmith." Yeah, but I'm okay with it now that they just simply changed changed it to rock music. And also, the exit cue is still just Aerosmith, and so for me, that's okay. Do you, yeah. What was the rationale for that? I I didn't hear the reason why, and I don't think they they didn't announce it. They just did it. For me, it's the first step in them changing it. Oh, that's true. That's that's in my mind their first like phase one. Are they phasing themselves away from Aerosmith? I think so because Aerosmith, as rel- as uh, not relevant, as uh, timeless as they are, I don't know how many people, especially I should say, I don't know how many kids know Aerosmith, and okay. so I I feel like, and also it's a particular, it's licensing that they don't own, and if you look at because Mike and I talked about this too, the way that Disney is transitioning a lot of the, you know, any attraction that they are licensing rights or they have license rights to use, they're kind of transitioning a lot of those attractions to their own property. Yeah. So one interesting, because this also has a lot to do with air music, but just music in general from the other side of the coin is that I actually hope that they do stay with it. Even if it's not familiar with kids, it's still a thrilling roller coaster. So I think they'll keep the ride. I, say, I would say that's the thing is like, I would hope, well, yeah, I, I hope they don't, I hope they keep the ride. I still hope that they keep Aerosmith as part of it. And I hope for Aerosmith's sake that they keep it because to me, rock and roller coaster, it was what did does for Aerosmith as what a lot of uh, rock bands did with Guitar Hero. Right. Where a lot of kids got into rock music from the 70s, you know, 60s, 70s, because and 80s of because of Rock Band and Guitar Hero. And I hope that Rock and Roller Coaster could do the same thing for Aerosmith and keeping them relevant because people who do the traction love the music so much and then go find out who Aerosmith really is. Rock and Roller Coaster made me an Aerosmith fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, me too. Like, I, I didn't know anything really about Aerosmith until I wrote it. And then I love the music so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Anthony, to answer your question from earlier, they did record, at least Steven Tyler and Joe Perry recorded individual soundtracks for the limo car. So oh, those cool. are those are not even edited from their songs. They are recorded for the attraction. For the attraction. That's based cool. off of their music. So cool. I thought it was really cool. They had, uh, you know, this is, I need to find it. And uh, shout out to Jacob who sent this to me. Apparently there is a, they have five soundtracks. There is a sixth one that they never used. No. Yes. I'll, I'm gonna it? find it for you guys. I, I, it's, um, it's what kind of lover you on is the song that they used, and the end, 
they say, instead of saying what kind of lover you on, because the end of the ride is like, what kind of lover you on? They say, what kind of ride are you on? Oh, <laughs> I must have this. It's it's so cool. I'm I'm gonna and I actually played it back with the video of Rock and Roller Coaster and it does time out. So I it's must legitimate. Go to the Disney black market of music. Yeah. At first I thought to myself, like <laughs> at first I thought to myself, maybe this is fan made. But then as soon as the end they said, What kind of ride are you on? And it's definitely Steven Dyler, I'm like, they legitimately made a six one and didn't release it. So well, yeah. That's that's yeah, I love I love Rock and Roller Coaster. That's incredible. <laughs> I'll play it for you guys after this. Um, so, and maybe that'll be my my outro for the uh, for the end of the podcast episode. I need to yes. go find it. <laughs> I hope I can actually get it somehow. Um, but anyway, so awesome. Rock and roller coaster area music is an incredible, incredible answer. For me, I'm going to jump back to, I only have one more at Animal Kingdom, actually. And that is when you enter the park. You hear, you do have the entrance music in the very front, which is always different. But when you walk into the park, you have the Oasis. And the Oasis area music loop has always been one of my favorites. It's about 40 minutes long. And it's, again, it's very tranquil. It makes you feel like you're in an Oasis. So, fun fact, back in uh, 2007, when I was on the Disney College program and before, again, like the iPhone came out that year, so they still had, they were still selling CDs and they sold the CD of the area music loop for the Oasis. It's 40 minutes, again, like a 40 minute CD. And I would actually play that to fall asleep because it was just so relaxing and therapeutic. Um, and it does make you feel like you're walking into this wild adventure. Um, so I don't know. That, that one has always been one of my favorites. But Anthony, what do you have the next in your list? We have only a few left here. You know what? Maybe... I felt the same way with uh, the Living Seas. Yes. I felt the same way with the Living Seas. Uh, and in fact, to, to go back to the app, that Subsonic Radio, um, there's a, a dedicated channel specifically. Well, there's one for the Star Tunnel and there's one for the Living Seas. And it, it's, it's a continuous r- r- uh, loop of, of the old version of the Living Seas and then with the incorporating Finding Nemo and all that. And, and, for similar reasons, as you're saying, very, very relaxing, very transformative to take you from the hecticness to, to now being calm. It did the same thing for me. Yeah, that's a great one, too. I still miss the intro movie. <laughs> it rained. And rained. And rained. The deluge. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, please go watch, go find it on YouTube. Yep, yep, it's yep, yep. really... <laughs> I love that part. It's such, like, 1980s Epcot. Yeah, it's very 80s Epcot. <laughs> but it was great. And I'm glad they're bringing the Hydrolators back to Epcot. Yeah. Yeah, in the, um, in the space restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the I'm more... Looking forward to that so much. ...more advanced version of that. But I was so convinced as a kid that I was going under the water. Me too. At least, like, I knew, like, all right, I'm not going into the ocean, but they're making, like, there is an actual elevator. I'm going down. Maybe maybe it's only 50 feet, maybe not 5,000 feet or 10,000 feet, but... I was, yeah. but as a kid, I always thought that too. Then was very confused when I, when we left, we were just, we, we didn't walked go, out. Yeah, we just walked out. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend <laughs> what was going on there. I think they did have hydrolators you could take back up though. I don't think so. No? No. I need to go I back think, and think about I it. I think you just leave. Hmm. I guess you're right. I don't yeah. know why I always thought you had to exit, go exit through a hydrolator. Yeah, I thought so too, but no, I'm pretty sure you didn't. You just exit out. Because huh. I remember thinking to myself as a kid going, how, how do we get back up to the surface? <laughs> we'll have to invest. We'll have to investigate. Maybe they did at some point and they took them out. That could before, be possible. Yeah, but I, I think I remember actually having to line up to go back to the exit. But again, I was young, 
So I could just be confusing going, you know, into the hydrolators to go into the attraction and hydrolators to come back out. And you, you boarded your C cab. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I only have a, actually Mike stole one of mine. I'm gonna go with although I we only have a few left. I'm gonna go with my favorite loop, and that is the interior music loop for the land. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <clears throat> so it's mostly playing music from like Hook and Field of Dreams and I'm trying to remember the others off the top of my head. And it's again, it's it's all taking from existing um, you know, IP that's out there, but there's something about that music loop that again, it I like music loops that make me feel tranquil and peaceful and um that is one that's and I think it also goes back to being on the college program because Back then, my favorite place to eat was the Sunshine Seasons at the Land. Yes, that was a great place. I still love that place, yes. but they've they've you know obviously increased the quality of the food at other places as well. And then they built Satuli Canteen, and that kind of took my favorite spot right there. But I have a lot of memories of just sitting down there, even by myself. And because on the college program, I would occasionally go to Epcot by myself. I really did really take in the experience more, and. I would sit and have dinner at Sunshine Seasons and listen to that music loop and people watch and then maybe go do Living of the Land. And it's almost like an extension of, like you were talking about earlier with Living of the Land, um, just being this really peaceful uh, sort of experience. Um, and I just love the music from Hook. So I think that's another Me reason too. why. Oh, John, oh, it's one of my... Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> the whole thing. Playlist. Yeah, it's it's such an amazing, amazing loop. So, um, what are we up to? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think we have two left, right? Yeah, I only got two left. Yeah. All right. So, Anthony, what is your, uh, I guess, runner up or the second to last one on your list? Uh, this is tough because I. I, I <sighs> really? That's a great area. <laughs> I know, I know. You know what? This is going to be kind of left field. So I, like I don't know if this field. is right. Can I say the Resort TV channel? Absolutely. Okay, because I'm going to do wow, that. Wow, that's a great curveball. Right? <laughs> I know that's weird, but... yeah, I'm right there I'm, with I'm, you. Not the, no talking, just the ones that you know that rotates between the hours and what attractions are there and the music that goes on. I mean, they're, they're not exact copies of the music. They're like a ranged version of the tunes, and they blend from one into the other. And, and I think I messaged you that day, and I told you... I'll randomly put that on my TV. I know this is weird. I'm sorry. But yeah, I, I randomly that put that no, on my yeah, TV. Yeah, I was just saying, I took, just... A, I took a nap here a couple of days ago, and he put it on the background. Yeah, I felt so calm waking up. Yeah, I wasn't like... sure why, and I turned to my left, and all of a sudden I see the hours for Magic Kingdom. <laughs> it's like, I just, I don't know. I, I'll put that on the TV and just pretend like it, I'm in a hotel room in Disney World. So. That is exactly why. That's why I love it. It's because yeah. it reminds me of staying at Disney. Yeah, it's the one thing. It's the channel that comes on when you turn on the TV. That's it, that, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like most other hotel resort loops are so annoying. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They have yeah. just ads about what's in the the hotel. With Disney Shorts, there's ads in there, you know, for going to the parks and all that. But it's just here are the hours for the day. Here's the weather, and here's this wonderful Disney music. Yeah. <laughs> for them, it's easy. Just pop it in. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, but I agree with you how seamless they all are all together. It's like very, very calm and soothing. It's great. Um, Mike, what about you? What's your second to last? Well, I got a good one for you because it's one of it's on my list, but I'm curious what you two think is the better version. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. So it's in Epcot, mm-hmm. and it recently went through a major 
change. Mm-hmm. And that's looking at me trying to think about... I'm trying to think of the, the area loop specifically that you're thinking of. It's a queue. I'll it's a queue. Is it Frozen Ever After? No. Okay. Because they did change the queue loop for that. Well, obviously, because they changed, that changed dramatically from Maelstrom <laughs> to Frozen can we, Ever Can we pause for one second? I love Maelstrom. Sorry. <laughs> oh, let's all pause for a second for a minute. I'm sorry. I, I, silence. I, I appreciate Frozen. My daughter loves Frozen. She sings it. She wears her Anna outfit. And but I love Maelstrom. Okay, I'm no, sorry. I, I'm I just miss, gonna. I, I talk. I talk. Not. I don't know if you guys. This is really. This is only a day old right now. The recording this, but episode 41. I actually talk about Frozen Ever After versus Maelstrom uh, in it. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's not what the episode's about. But I make a reference. There was one I little agree. video clip that really made me sad, but made me laugh. Is that their video clip of the very last. Bloom ride on Maelstrom, mm. and the um, one of the operators came on and said, "You are not the first to pass this way, but you will be the last." And everybody oh, cheered. And uh, to me, like that was like, "Oh, I wish I was there for that." But what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I I was the one that derailed it. I'm sorry. In this case, it would be test track. I mm. love the new loop. Me too. I actually think I like it better than the original. The original, the original was this weird house music. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. the industrial mm. like. Yeah, but I mean, it got me excited though. Like, I really felt like I was in a factory because it was industrial. Oh, right? it went with the theme for sure. It went with the theme, but I, I, I think I really like the 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 modernistic take of uh, where they brought Test Track to now, and yeah. I, I really like, I really like the Q music a lot for it. I agree. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm going to have to, cause it, you guys took three, including my backups. So, but I do have one more and it's going to give me time to think about another backup of mine on here. But the, the second to last one on my list is another resort and that is the boardwalk. So boardwalk is another one of those that if you haven't listened to the loop, go back and listen to it. It's great. Um, but it makes you feel like you are in the turn of the century, um, on like a pier in New England or New Jersey um, and enjoying the atmosphere along with it. But but they do it in such a way that it's not carnival-esque. It's more, um, again, it kind of ties into a luxury resort. So you can listen to it and similar to listening to the resort TV loop, it kind of is a way to unwind. And it's another one of those locations that I would go and do my homework from. It's, it's one of three resorts I would go to to do my homework. Um, but it, it did help me focus. Okay, what's the third one? The third one was Port Orleans Riverside. Nice. Yeah, because I loved looking at the river. And again, that talk about the music loop earlier, it's just they play two CDs and or two albums, and it's just a very, uh, very relaxing um, sort of music loop. So, yeah, that's that's the second to last one I have on my list. And I actually just thought of a couple more, so... That I that I really love, so I'm gonna put I'm gonna think about which one I want for my last one. But in the meantime, we're now down to our final round. So, Anthony, what's the last one you have on your list? All right, uh, this is uh, this is one I I just thought about. A little different. Um, it isn't pre-recorded music. Okay. It's live music, background experiences. Okay. Um, I don't know if this plays into it, but uh, I happen to know a lot of the players there, but. Main Street Philharmonic, uh, Philharmonic, the Liberty Singers, and I just looked up the name. It's uh, called the Graham Floridian Society Jazz Orchestra. So I know I'm picking various Three things, ones. <laughs> but in the spirit that they're all the same, that is live performance experiences that are also similar in atmospheric influence. You know, it, it isn't a cue music, 
but it's experiences that I don't think the the person who's just walking to get on a ride they're missing, and I think are very influential to your experience in, for example, the Grand Floridian. So it's not canned music. You actually have a live orchestra, a live jazz ensemble that's playing in the upper balcony or the pianist who's playing downstairs. Um, in the case of Magic Kingdom, you're walking. You're not only getting the canned music that's down Main Street, but you have the Main Street Philharmonic that's, that's playing with Mark Zaus and trumpet and all that stuff. And um, and I love the Liberty Singers, at which the the group Voctive is, is amazing. But uh, different experiences that are live. I think you can. I used to love. Oh gosh, what was the name of it in Canada? In Epcot, there was a particular off-kilter. group off kilter, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they have. You can probably list a number of things, but being a musician myself, I figure maybe I'll, I'll end my list with the many wonderful musicians that they have there and all the live music opportunities that add to the atmosphere. That to me is just as good or just as as relevant to any of the cam music that we're talking about, but but it's there live in front of you. I, yeah, I actually agree. Uh, there's so much amazing recorded music, but still, there's something to be said about experiencing live music. Oh yeah, it's a totally different experience, and uh, I'm really happy to see that Disney continues that tradition in their parks by having live musicians performing. It, it definitely adds to that experience for sure. And let's not forget, for a while, the Burbers of Light was a live orchestra. Yeah, really. Yeah, that that I didn't in its original version, Rivers of Light was a live orchestra. Wow. So it going into the, because Animal Kingdom is all about authenticity and, and nature and things being natural. So rather than have a, a pre-canned soundtrack, it was every single night a live orchestra playing with live musicians. That's amazing. Yeah. That wasn't cheap. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a good fit for Animal Kingdom. But I love that answer, Anthony, because I actually a lot of my memories from growing up and going to Disney, especially with the Grand Floridian, and I, my... My parents used to love going to the Grand Floridian, and we would, this is when it was easier to do this, we would go and we would have breakfast at 1900 Park Fair. We'd have a reservation, we'd go, and then we'd just leave the car there and go to the Magic Kingdom, take the monorail, and then come back at the end of the night. And I loved going back at the end of the night and seeing the live orchestra, the Grand Floridian uh, orchestra, and then the, or the piano player in the lobby. And it was just very grand. (laughs) Like the Grand Floridian. Great way to end it. Yeah, I think it's a very appropriate way to end it for you, Anthony. Um, Mike, what's the last one on your list? Actually, also appropriate, because we discussed this before a little bit, but Main Street USA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's how it all starts. It's how your day starts in, in Magic Kingdom, and it just gets you into that. It's, it's timeless. It's just pure. It's everything that's great about Disney all wrapped up into one. You're making my answer sound really bad now because those are two great answers. But um, mine is simple and it's classic, and that is the Q loop for Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. still great. That's a good. That's a great choice. And it's not even the. Here's the thing that I love about it. And I think that was George Bruns that wrote it. That wrote it. The the. I'm not talking about the new. Although I do love that the area music for Pirates of the Caribbean, where they have the music from the movies, but. It's literally a three-minute loop that they play in the queue. <laughs> That's it. It's one song they repeat over and over and over again, and it's just a different version of Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. But I just love that. And there's legitimately a YouTube page that's that on a four-hour loop. Yeah. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. I might I have, have to, to do that when I go to bed. I have to admit, after about 30 minutes, I got a little tired of it. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it is the same three-minute loop over and over again. But if I remember, but... it's more like a theme and variation. So it's not the direct yeah. quote of the melody, but it's it's variations of it using uh, different type of uh, wind instruments that were more akin to to that that's the sailor sea chanty type uh, atmosphere. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's going back to the way that they would make the cues the intro to the movie. Yeah. It's very much, you know, an altered version of the same theme you would hear from, uh, the, you know, the main theme in a movie. The intro credits would always have a slight variation or medley of the songs that they play. Yeah. And that's very much what they did with Pirates of the Caribbean. Haunted Mansion, I know you mentioned earlier, Anthony, I think they don't have any cue music. They no, just I have think the sounds. it's more sound effects and yeah. stuff, yeah. But even, you know, Peter Pan's Flight, they have an altered version of uh, the different songs from that movie. Um, well, Soren does. Soren has too. their own version of, of uh, the Jerry Goldsmith uh, piece. And uh, so does Spaceship Earth have, have like a, a loop that's a little separate from the that's actual right. ride yep. that Bruce brought in. Right, right. That's right. Yeah. All, all of them are very much that way. Um, but uh, I wish it could have ended on Main Street or, <laughs> or the live music. That was like, I, I think, but, but you still landed on a classic. On a classic. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's still great. And it kind of goes full circle because I said that that absolutely is one of the rides I have to leave Disney. Disney. Having, yeah. Having yeah, see, gone. there you go, full it circle. It comes full circle. Okay, okay. all right, good. <laughs> now I feel a little better. Um, so I guess on a, on a parting note, uh, you know, we've been we've, we've literally spent the last hour, hour and a half talking about the music loops for for Disney. Um, yeah, almost an hour and a half. So, why you know, for me, like I my my message I think would be that anyone listening should. I know there's a tendency to, especially in this day and age where you have technology at the ready to ignore the experience and think about the queue as a weight rather than a queue or an area is just getting from one thing to the next. And if you're bored, you have your phone in front of you. Um, but I, I would encourage all of you listening to listen to the sounds that you hear as you're walking through the areas to put your phone away um, and just pay, you know, close attention to all the details. But I guess for Mike or Anthony, either one of you, you know, what, why, why do you find that, uh, or what's, what's the significance you think of the music at Disney and what, what message would you leave for those listening who might not have, you know, listened to those details before? It's a big question. Yeah. I'll go let Anthony start first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, two aspects to that answer. And I think the one I had touched on before, and that is how I, I really truly believe that the experience of Disney goes beyond the ride itself. And it goes to your future podcast about smells. It goes to this podcast about music. Um, and then you could even do another one if you haven't done it already about the artistry and the artistic aspect of it and what you're actually seeing. Um, ev everything about even touch, even the way that they design the floor and every 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 aspect of, of sense that you can is is all imprintable and, and and you get imprinted in your brain so that when you hear something or smell something or feel something or it could always relate back to now from a purely marketing standpoint, it's brilliant because Disney understands that the memory of a ride may dissipate, but uh, you're going to smell things and you're going to hear things in other aspects of your life that are going to make you remember the product, and that is Disney. And in a less 
corporate marketing way, it, it's, a, it's a way to bring you back to those happier times when you need that return. And that's what's beautiful about Subsonic Radio. It's beautiful about YouTube and, and, and any CD you buy is you just put that playlist on, you listen to that recording, and it transports you right back to Disney. So you, so it, it's an expense. You go to Disney, it, it costs a certain amount of money, but if you think about it, when you go there and you get the full experience, it's something that you can live the rest of your lifetime. So it's probably the best value for dollar than anything else that you could buy. And then I think the other aspect is something that you touched on your head, which you can expand to anything about the music world. And that is to live in the moment and receive the music. Nowadays, the way that the modern world approaches listening to live music, I'm saying live music, and you can go to any, most audiences now, and I experience this all the time when I play a concert or I perform a concert, people don't react to live music like they used to. There's a lot more talking and there's a lot more on the phones. There's a lot more misunderstanding how the etiquette and decorum is for, for music. That, to me, is, is indicative of, 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 of a group of people who are not living in the moment, really receiving the music and understanding how to let that transport them and, and clear their mind and just focus on what, what the music can do for you. And it's in that same vein, I say to those same people experiencing Disney, don't go on the phone. Don't distract yourself. Let yourself be completely immersed and let the music let you let that happen for you and you will enjoy it even more. So you not only become a better audience member listening to music, but in this case, you're actually getting a, a better experience no matter what you're doing in life because you're, you're accepting that that. All those other distractions, you're just pushing away and you're letting yourself enjoy as much as possible what's in front of you. Living in the moment, not thinking about what's in the future, not worrying about what's in the past. Great answer. Mike? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll add more to that. I think Anthony um, did say it all. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I would, I would to, to add on to what Anthony says, which absolutely 100% agree with, uh, is two, two things. One is that pay attention to the details. This this is what Disney is known for, and uh, whether we realize it or not, they're just absolutely geniuses when it comes to the details, and that's what truly makes everything that they do stand out. And that's that's true not just with theme parks, but everything else. And uh, so I'd say ne- next time you're in a theme park, pay attention to the details of things, and you'll start to appreciate being there more because of it. And then the second thing is that music has always been a part of Disney since the beginning. It's always been an important part, um, going all the way back to uh, uh, Silly Symphonies. I mean, it's, right. it goes all the way back to there of how important music is. And so it's a truly important aspect of just human nature in general. And it's, you know, it's what makes everything amazing. It's really, music is one of those most universal aspects of, of a medium for conveying emotions. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, both the two of you have surrounded yourself in that whole world, which is appropriate. Um, And again, why I wanted to have the two of you on the show. But um, both of you, thank you for taking the time coming onto the show. Mike coming back. Anthony coming up for the first time. Anthony, we'll definitely have you back again. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. And uh, thanks, Anthony, for bringing the equipment. So yeah, if you, hear, have, if you notice like any difference in audio quality. Awesome. <laughs> so cool. It's, uh, it's because of Anthony. So that's another reason to bring, bring you back on the show. But besides thanks. that, um, yeah, thank, thank you both for uh, sitting down and talking to me for an hour and a half about Disney music.
And with that, we close out episode 42 of the Imagineer podcast. I again want to give a special shout out and thanks to both Mike and to Anthony, and especially to Anthony, because you might have heard that the audio quality was of a different caliber when we recorded this episode, and that's because Anthony did bring some of his professional equipment with him. So Anthony, thank you so much for bringing all of that equipment. Uh, to help us to improve the audio quality of our podcast episode. as I think I'm definitely going to have to go out there and buy some of that equipment. Um, and thanks also for contributing your time and your opinions to this episode. And as always, thanks to Mike as well for lending his thoughts about the best area music at Walt Disney World. But I want to hear from you, of course. What are your favorite area music loops? Whether you're talking about the background music at the Disney parks, either at the resorts or at the theme parks or even the cue music that you hear while waiting in line. I want to know what your favorites are. You can reach out to me in several ways. You can either send me a direct message on any of our social media platforms, which include Facebook and Instagram. You can reach me there at Imagineer Podcast. You can send me a message on Twitter at Imagineer Audio. You can send me an email at Podcast at gmail.com, or you can leave your thoughts in our Facebook group, which you can find over on Facebook, of course. It's the Imagineer Podcast Disney fan community. I believe it's facebook.com slash groups slash Imagineer Podcast, um, or you can go to facebook.com slash Imagineer Podcast, click on the community tab, and that will take you over to our group. And again, you can leave your thoughts there as well. If you haven't already taken the time to subscribe to our podcast, please be sure to do so. Whether you subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, Google, Podbean, Stitcher, no matter what your favorite podcast app is, we are there for you. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you are the first to know when new episodes become available. And if you would take one minute to rate and review the Imagineer podcast over in iTunes, I would sincerely appreciate it because each rating does so much to help our podcast to grow. And I do want to thank... A recent five-star review, which comes from Disney Fun, who says, I really enjoy this podcast and love the roundtable discussions. So I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. I still don't understand why everyone's favorite park is Epcot. (laughs) Disney Fun, it's an amazing park. That's why it's everybody's favorite. And uh, I think we talked about in each particular episode what our guests love about Epcot, but that's not the only theme park that's been mentioned over at Disney as a favorite. So either way, Disney Fun, thank you so much for that five-star review. And you listening, if you have not taken the opportunity to rate and review the show, again, it does so much to help our podcast to grow. So I want to encourage you to leave us a rating and a review in the iTunes store. And if you would like to get some extra special rewards, some extra content, and help support the show the same time, please visit patreon.com slash imagine your podcast. Take a look at our VIP membership options. And again, all of that goes to help to support the Imagineer podcast and it gets you some extra special rewards and content in return. So check us out again at patreon.com slash imagine your podcast. And I almost forgot if you want to leave us a voicemail to hear your voice on the air of a future episode of the Imagineer podcast, definitely give us a call at 516-406-8376. Whether you want to share your thoughts about a particular episode or if you want to give us a shout-out from the Disney Parks, from the Disney Cruise Line, 
uh, from Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or just from home uh, to say hello, please, again, give us a call at 516-406-8376 and leave us a voicemail there that we could play on a future episode of the show. And of course, the best thing you could do to help support the Imagineer podcast is to share it. Whether you share out this episode or any other episode on your Instagram stories, Instagram posts, Facebook stories, Facebook posts, Twitter, email, text message, phone call, no matter how you share it, each share does so much to help our podcast to grow. And I as always want to thank those of you who have taken the chance to share the podcast each and every episode and in between. Remember, folks, it is always possible to accomplish your dreams. I hope you're doing everything you can to make a better life for yourself, to go after your goals, go after those dreams. Remember, as always, that quote from Horizons, if you can dream it, you can do it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast. What it is, what it is.